if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to um, the book of Acts, chapter 10, uh, verse 38, and we're just going to read a few verses from there uh, in a few moments. I want to really encourage everyone to be uh, involved in the ministry this weekend. Of course, tomorrow night is Spanish service, uh, uh, the outreach at Album Park Friday, the edge here, and of course, all of our services in ministry uh, on Sunday, we do want to make a note for new believers. Uh, we have a class for uh, everyone new in our church every Sunday morning at 10, and Ernie does such a great job with that, uh, and our serious men's class for disciples and men that are serious about God's call in your life. We're seeing real revival in that class, and that is Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. Now, I called Glenn this morning or texted him. And I wanted him to bring uh, a weight. This is a dumbbell. And I said, bring me 45-pound weight. And I haven't lifted weights for years. And he brought it, and it was here in the pulpit on the floor. I told him to put it there. Uh, And then when I picked it up, now I may be weak. My muscles may be underdeveloped. You may be a bunch of tough guys who could twirl this like a baton. But this feels very heavy to me. A 45-pound, I mean, I've lost this much weight before. It's a 45-pound dumbbell. And I wanted to illustrate it or use the idea, what if everywhere you went, you had to carry this around? Get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. you got to take your 45-pound dumbbell with you. Get up in the morning, go into the kitchen, you got to carry this with you. Go to your car, carry it in the car, go to your job, carry it to your job. And if your job involves walking around, you got to carry it around everywhere you go. I mean, that would be difficult. This thing is heavy. If you don't believe me, come and get it. It's wearing me out just holding it. Carrying it everywhere you go. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you're carrying around this weight. And I think that illustrates, I'll be up in just a second, that illustrates what a lot of people do emotionally and spiritually. The Bible refers to heavy weights that we carry around with us, and some of you did exactly what I said. You're carrying around a heavy weight. It goes with you everywhere you go. You can take a vacation to get away from it all, and the heavy weight is there. You come to church, you go to work, you wake up in the morning, and everywhere you go, this heavy weight is there weighing you down, annoying you, causing no end of stress and trouble and difficulty and trauma. I thought of this scripture just now when I was sitting on the platform, but I want to use it here just as a further way of illustrating. And this is from the book of Hebrews, and you may be familiar with it. The Scripture says, let us lay aside every weight instead of carrying them around. 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us lay aside. In other words, we are carrying around weight that is unnecessary to carry around, and you can do something about it tonight. I read a story about a woman named Linda Rittenbach. Linda Rittenbach struggled with her weight. She got bigger and bigger and bigger. And she couldn't understand why. No joke. She said, Doctor, I am not overeating. Doctor said, you better lose some weight, dear. You're fat. He gave her diets. Nothing worked. Told her to exercise. Nothing worked. It wasn't until she went to a different doctor when she developed some flu symptoms. And from that doctor, they discovered that she had growing in her body, spreading around a 140-pound cancerous tumor. They said it had probably been growing for about 15 to 20 years. I've thought before, that's, that's, that's my problem. It took doctors three operations over two months to remove this tumor. Rittenbach is back to driving herself around. As the healing process continues, the doctor said the type of tumor that wound up being extracted from her body is extremely rare. But I think it underscores that when things don't quite make sense and become a chronic problem, don't stop until you find the answer. And I think that's great spiritual advice. Jesus came. The Bible says to heal all those who are oppressed. And I want to focus on that word and the meaning of it. The word oppressed or to be oppressed means that something very unhealthy is exercising dominion against you. Against your best physical and emotional and spiritual interests. Another definition uh, is to exercise harsh control over, uh, or as I illustrated a moment ago, uh, to be weighted down. You're carrying this thing around, uh, and it's hurting you, it's killing you, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's unnecessary on the one hand, but we keep lugging it around with us. So let's read our text. We're going to focus on one verse, but I want to read... Uh, a little bit of the before and after the verse in Acts, just so that we get the picture. Acts 10:36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, 
whom they killed by hanging on a tree. And him God raised up the third day and has showed him openly. Let's pray tonight and ask God's special anointing for this sermon. Father, thank you so much for your ministering presence tonight. I pray for all those who are oppressed here tonight that they leave here without the heavy weight being set free. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's talk about the spiritual nature of life. I know that most of us here are Christians tonight, and this should be a default position in our lives, but it isn't. We make the mistake often, and we only think about life in terms of the physical. If we would just add the supernatural, miraculous, uh, delivering and saving and healing dimension of God to how we view life, it would help us a lot. But unfortunately, uh, even though we are believers washed in the blood and we believe in all those things that I just mentioned, uh, we don't view life through that filter. When we have financial need, when we're sick in our body, tormented in our mind, uh, we don't think very often uh, of a supernatural solution. Uh, And this probably describes, uh, at the very least, uh, most of us, uh, at least some of the time. Life is only about what I can see and what I can examine with my senses, sight or hearing or touch or smelling or tasting. That's how we quantify life. That's how we assess life. If it's appealing to the senses, it must be good. If it doesn't, it must be bad. We don't trust unless we can touch something. Or see something. And if we can't experience something through our five senses, then we have a hard time validating its reality. And of course, Jesus gave a lot of warning about that, and so does the Word of God. Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. But that's how we view life. Our homes, our cars, our suit of clothing, how we're able to array ourselves if it's a woman, it's jewelry. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but that's how we view life. And that's where we derive our identity from. It's the physical. And Jesus said, watch out for that. And then, of course, Timothy writes, or Paul writes to Timothy. 1 Timothy 6 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. You see, even if you are totally unspiritual, even if you don't believe in the unseen, invisible realm where God dwells like we do, no room for faith in your life, Only senses, only what you can touch, buy, own, possess, have, achieve and accomplish, all of that. Even if that's the case in your life tonight, there are still inexplicable things that happen in life that have no rational explanation. 
Sometimes even a doctor will say, you sit, you're sick or you have a pain and you go to the doctor and he examines you and he will say, sometimes I am baffled. I see no reason for this. It's inexplicable. Not everything can be explained. People sometimes, seemingly without explanation, experience emotional upheaval. I counsel people every week, every day. And sometimes someone will come and I'll try to ascertain, uh, why are you so anxious? Why can't you sleep? And, and as we try to assess, uh, there doesn't seem to be anything uh, uh, stressful particularly uh, or unusual going on in their life. Uh, it seems like it's an inexplicable, uh, emotional uh, upheaval uh, that is tormenting their life. Uh, can't sleep, filled with fear and anxiety uh, and stress uh, and feel like... Uh, hopelessness and despair have taken control. Of course, the text that we read gives us another perspective of life. And that other perspective is that we are primarily spiritual beings. Our spirit occupies a body. We are not our body. The Bible says, uses a word to describe us, uh, and it's the word immortal or immortality, uh, that we're going to transition from this life to the next, uh, and we're not taking this body with us. Our spirit occupies a body. We are not our body. Uh, It certainly is a big part of uh, our current identity uh, We recognize each other. We know each other uh, by virtue of our physical appearance. uh, But ultimately, uh, that is not who we are in 1 Thessalonians. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. uh, And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved uh, blameless uh, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there he talks about three different features uh, of who you are as a person. You are for now a body. That's the physical realm. You also have a soul. That is your mind. It is your will. And it is your emotions. That's the soulish realm that is a part of every person's uh, life and identity, and then there is the spiritual realm or the spiritual dimension. That's the unseen realm, and the sense that God has given us to navigate in the unseen realm is faith. Faith is like a sixth non-physical sense, and it's by faith that we can traffic in the unseen realm because we believe Christ, we believe God, we believe the Scriptures, we lay claim to them. All of that is faith working that connects you with the unseen spiritual realm. Now, as far as our subject tonight, there are forces at work that affect us negatively. Now, that's very obvious. There are germs. There are poisons. There is pollution. There are viruses and other such things that Operate sometimes in the unseen realm. Germs uh, or viruses are not something you can see with your physical eye, but nevertheless they're there. You can walk into a room, not see anything, and come out of the room sick. So there are forces 
that affect us negatively. One is just, as I said, sickness. You can get sick. And all sickness are much, uh, as I've described, of sickness, whether it's the flu or the common cold or cancer, while there are definitely physical elements, uh, they are very small, uh, and we don't actually see them. You need a microscope uh, uh, to begin to investigate the dynamics uh, of how sickness operates in the physical realm. But there are also emotional forces that work. Those don't have a physical component. We feel things in life. And as I said, sometimes it's inexplicable. A woman can wake up in the morning, everything seems to be normal, and by 9 o'clock she's been stricken with fear and anxiety and worry, and she doesn't know where it's coming from, and her mind is spinning and racing, and it's affecting her physically, but it's an emotional assault that has come against her mind. Sometimes events and circumstances can can um, have that kind of effect. The anniversary uh, of some tragic circumstance when uh, the first year passes, even the second, and even for the rest of your life, every time that time of year comes, uh, we remember, uh, and it can release a melancholy, a depression, uh, or a discouragement. uh, And there are so many things like that in life uh, that have a negative emotional impact. On people. Our text, verse 38, is the scripture that we're focusing on, refers to Jesus as having come to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, there are some, I'm not picking that weight up again, I've had enough with it. But there are some sitting here tonight with the equivalent of a 45-pound dumbbell. I mean, this thing is tormenting. This thing is annoying. This thing is bothersome. Every time you make a move, you've got to drag it around with you. You can't get away. You can't escape. I hear people tell me all the time, Pastor, I need a break. And so they go off for a weekend or they take a vacation and they come back. No difference. No change. They're not rested. They're still tormented. What you need is not that kind of a break. You need the healing that Jesus can bring. There is a supernatural, unseen enemy that wields power and has effect in our lives, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, uh, and we are subject to that, even though we're believers uh, and we are Christians uh, and we have been born again. Even the Apostle Paul uh, uh, ascribed uh, fear to being part of his life from time to time. Uh, And so we know that we're vulnerable. We can get sick. Uh, We can be tormented in our minds. Uh, We can have our spirit assaulted uh, by the devil, uh, and we can end up carrying around a heavy weight. And, of course, the Bible is very clear about the dynamics of this playing out. As a matter of fact, it was the arena where Jesus ministered 
He related to people that were sick, that were tormented, that were oppressed. He went to the places where they were purposefully. People who were sick with no cure. They're tormented in their minds. They're bitter or angry uh, or they're addicted uh, or they have relational or financial issues. Uh, Jesus inserted himself uh, in the atmosphere uh, where people had a lot of problems, uh, a lot of assaults of hell, uh, a lot of this supernatural force uh, that I'm describing uh, was weighing people down. And he purposefully went where those people were as he will go where you are tonight. He's referring to a woman in Luke chapter 13 that he had healed. And the Pharisees are complaining about it because he did it on the Sabbath. And then Jesus said, should not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. He didn't just say she got sick, she caught a cold, she had the flu, uh, had cancer, inherited something from her grandmother. He said, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years. Be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. And then in Mark 9, when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. You'll never understand healing and deliverance and real liberty and freedom if you simply wish for it. It has to be commanded. The promise has to be asserted through our faith and applied to the various circumstances of life. So let's look at this word in particular that I'm inspired about tonight that I think is relative to many that are sitting here. And it's the word oppression. Now, what the text is describing and many of the other verses that I, or a few, the few that I've read and many others uh, in the Bible, in the Word of God, much of the Bible describes the work of Satan and how it manifests itself in people's lives. And we're talking about a force and a power that can have devastating impact. There may be individuals sitting here tonight. The emotional impact of your distress has caused you and driven you to uh, get on some kind of uh, prescribed drug or medication to try to deal with the anxiety, to try to deal with the depression. They call these types of medication uh, antidepressants. Uh, and I can tell you here, I'm not a doctor, but I know this much, uh, that none of those things deal with the root cause. Uh, none of them deal with the real problem. Uh, and none of them can offer you a real cure. So we're talking about a force and a power that can have a devastating impact. And again, the issue, as I said in my introduction, uh, is one of dominion. What has dominion in and over your life? What is the heavy weight tonight that is holding you down? All that were oppressed of the devil is the phrase that inspired me. He's trying to 
pass out these 45-pound dumbbells, uh, as many of them as he can, uh, through your mental anguish and physical sickness and financial uh, distress uh, and spiritual assaults uh, that come against your life. So what is the heavy weight? Listen to how the Amplified Bible translates that verse. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. Now he went about, Jesus went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. So let's look at how this can manifest itself in people's lives. First of all, you can, of course, experience uh, oppression uh, in your physical body. When Jesus spoke about this woman uh, that I read about from Luke 18 uh, and said that she has been uh, uh, tormented by the devil, uh, this spirit uh, has tormented her and oppressed her, uh, and she had this physical disease and sickness where she was bent over. She probably had something like scoliosis of the spine, a lot of pain, and a lot of physical disfigurement. For 18 years, this heavy weight had pressed upon her, and Jesus recognized that this came from hell. Satan can take advantage of the fact that we live in a cursed world an unclean world, our physical bodies are vulnerable to sickness. They are vulnerable to injury. Bones can break. Skin can be cut. Skulls can crack. All kinds of things can transpire, exposing the vulnerability of our physical bodies. And Satan recognizes that weakness. He has some dominion on earth. The Bible refers to him as the God of this age, meaning that he does wield authority and power, and he can infiltrate your physical body with sickness. Think about how many ways the heavy weight of oppression in terms of physical sickness can affect someone. It can rob them of finances. Some people are impoverished because of physical sickness. It seems that People who get sick, even if it's just the cold or the flu or even an allergy, get depressed. It has an emotional connection as well. People that are sick get depressed. People who are sick feel unmotivated. And sometimes sickness can totally hijack you. Hijack all your faculties. It's, your life is nothing but doctors uh, and waking up in the morning and constantly thinking about the disease or the sickness or the pain uh, or whatever it is. And it's not just a 45-pound dumbbell. Uh, it seems like it's much worse than that. Uh, uh, the sickness uh, that can oppress uh, and can hijack uh, and can take dominion in our physical life. And, of course, it can be an assault against our faith. What kind of Christian gets sick? Where's your faith? Some people will question God. Does he even heal anymore? And of course, there's always the helpful saints. Why, if you had faith and you prayed, you'd be healed. 
What's wrong with you? And sometimes people run around feeling guilty. This manifests itself by oppression in our minds. I've already referred to that a little bit. That 45-pound dumbbell is inside your head, as it were. A heaviness that weighs on our minds. In Luke 6, 18, a great multitude of people came to hear Jesus to be cured of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. I happened to be reading a newspaper today, and there was a story about a young lady, early 20s, I think she was 22, who walked away from her home uh, on June 22nd, it was, and disappeared, and it caused all kinds of uh, distress, police reports they're looking for, and she walked back home today. And the article was talking about the, the, the mental illness, is what they called it, and the depression and the torment. This girl is 22 years old. Beautiful, attractive young lady. If you see her picture, she just looks like any normal, attractive young lady. But I thought about this message as I'm preaching it tonight because I wish she was here. Because inside of her heart and mind, there is a heavy weight that she can't handle. She can't find help. She's been turned over just today to a battery of psychiatrists and mental experts and such things. And the Bible says that Jesus healed those who were tormented with unclean spirit. There's also oppression that can come from financial need and a need for provision and poverty and want. Many of the descriptions of torment in the Bible and many of the descriptions of distress in the Word of God come from the oppression that rests on a person when they don't have enough. Proverbs 22 says, Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted at the gate. So it's describing people that are, in a sense, tormented and afflicted because of their poverty. They can't seem to get ahead. They don't have enough. Sometimes we see people who have an unnatural amount of financial calamities that seem to consume all of their money and finances and they never have enough. It causes oppression, the state of poverty, people who can't seem to get a financial breakthrough. Something seems to be obstructing and hindering and weighing them down financially. And sometimes it doesn't matter how much they earn or how much money they make or don't make. They never seem to have enough. It's like the prophet Micaiah said, it's like putting all your money in a bag with holes and you don't know where it goes. It can oppress you. So let me talk about, we're going to have an altar call tonight in a moment, but I want to talk about anointing that heals. The good news for everyone that's here today, tonight, and for everyone who is oppressed, is that God doesn't want you to stay that way. Something can be done about this. You don't have to walk out of here with that 45-pound weight, and then face it tomorrow morning when you get out of bed, and, oh, here's another day. i got to lug this thing around with me, and nothing ever seems to help or work, and nothing ever seems to change. God does not want you to stay that way. 
Jesus walked into the temple one day in Jerusalem. And the custom was that the teacher would go to the podium and the scriptures were there. And he went there and the Bible, the scriptures were open to Luke. Uh, to, uh, Luke. Luke hadn't been written yet. It was open to the book of Isaiah. And Jesus read this scripture out of Isaiah and said, The Lord, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The key word for me in that verse is the word sent. He has sent me to heal. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. He has sent me to recover sight to the blind and to set at liberty uh, those who are oppressed. That word sent uh, refers to an order to go to a place appointed. Jesus had a distinct purpose in mind, uh, and that is to locate himself uh, in the vicinity uh, of where people are tormented in their mind. And sick in their bodies. Verse 38 again of our text. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Which the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. That word to heal there means to cure what is not functioning properly. You could have a physical body. Not functioning right because of sickness. Your mind not functioning in the healthy, emotionally balanced manner that it should be. Your mind has been assaulted with torment and it manifests itself in oppression. You're demoralized and feeling hopeless. Your mind is not working. You can't focus. You can't concentrate. You can't do the things that you need to do because it involves and requires a healthy mind. See, our part in this, the Bible says this is what Jesus was sent for. It says in our text that for this purpose, uh, God the Father was with him uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit was there at work. Uh, So all three uh, persons of the Godhead are there to manifest themselves uh, in a powerful dimension uh, to heal uh, all those who were oppressed. Uh, And the scripture uh, uh, infers that there is special anointing for this, uh, that if we preach this uh, and if we claim this uh, and if we pray for this uh, and if you contend for this uh, and if you exercise your faith in this direction uh, and make a decision, uh, I'm leaving that heavy weight at the altar tonight. uh, And I'm going out of here lighter. The scripture says in the verse I read in the introduction, let us lay aside every weight. It says that because that is something that you can do tonight in cooperation with what God does in your life. We need to believe God's word tonight. And become ready as I preached on Sunday night to fight back against anything in our lives that is not of God with the Word of God. Hey, wait a minute. My Bible says I can lay aside this heavy weight. My Bible says that I can have joy and peace of mind, that my mind can be free from all fear and torment and confusion. I can experience real joy and liberty in my life. So we have to be ready to fight back by claiming the promises of God. 
That's faith. Our faith needs to be complemented by you and I crying out to God tonight. And that's what we're going to do in a few minutes at this altar. We need to cry out to God for healing from oppression, however it may be manifesting itself. Judges chapter 10 says, And also the Sidonians and the Amalekites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Something about that. Why didn't God deliver them when he saw they were oppressed before they cried out? Well, I don't know that I could answer that, but I know he did deliver them when they did cry out. So let's just stick with that. Let's just run with that tonight. That if you cry out, you don't have to leave with the oppression that you came here with. And the third thing is what I preached on Sunday night. We need to fight against oppression. Don't just lay down and accept it. And I have to say that some people use their, whether it's physical sickness or mental torment or anguish, they use that, uh, um, uh, you know, in ways to draw attention to themselves because they don't know how to properly and normally function uh, and love in life. We've, had, we've seen Pastor Mitchell um, uh, pray for the sick, and he asks uh, uh, someone, where are you sick? Pain down my legs. Uh, and somewhere in the conversation, it comes out that the man who wants prayer is on disability. He's on disability. He gets money because he's sick. And so Pastor Mitchell will say, all right, if God heals you tonight, will you get off the disability and go to work? And I've seen him not pray for people because they want the disability. They'd rather stay sick. They'd rather use that to to acquire things that they want in life. So I'm just saying that as a side note tonight, that don't expect deliverance if you're using your sickness willfully in order to manipulate circumstances in life. You're going to have to fight against this and repel it and reject it by faith and by crying out to God. Remember what Jesus said. I'll close with this scripture before we pray. Matthew 12, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places. Now, Jesus is talking here about the unseen spiritual realm, that we can be occupied by an unclean spirit that's oppressing us in a variety of ways, as I described tonight. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house. That's how he refers to you. Even though you've kicked him out, he still refers to you as his house. And he's going to check every once in a while, see if he can get back in. I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So if you're going to keep that from happening, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to set up like an alarm system over your life so that when the bad guys show up, you're aware of it and you push back on them. You solicit the help of the Holy Spirit. You solicit the help of God through prayer and His Word by virtue of His promises. You have to fight back. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin that so easily 
besets us. Jesus came to heal all those who are oppressed. Let's bow our heads tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a wonderful grace tonight. I'm going to do this altar call a little bit differently, so um, just uh, follow the instructions I give. First of all, tonight, there are people here this evening that are not saved. You're not a Christian. You're not right with God. You know there's sin in your life. You've never received Jesus as your Savior. And you may not understand everything that I discussed and talked about tonight. I try my very best to preach the Word that will challenge the longest-term member of the church, but also appeal to someone who's never heard the gospel before. And I hope I've achieved that tonight. You're a sinner. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never been forgiven. Maybe much of what I described about oppression is really a good description of your life. You spend a lot of your life. You feel like that heavy weight that I illustrated. You're lugging that thing around. It doesn't matter what you do. You can recreate. You can be with the person you love. But within yourself, there's a heavy weight. There's an oppression over your life. That can come by virtue of just being separated from God by virtue of your sin. You've never been born again, never sought Christ to forgive you, never received him as your Savior. And you live your life in the way that I described. Emotionally oppressed, spiritually oppressed, Sometimes that has physical consequences. People can be so depressed they can't sleep, stay in bed all day, even get sick. There's a connection between emotional distress and the weak state that that puts your physical body in. You get sick quicker and easier. But you're here this evening and you're not right with God and you need to get right. You need to receive Jesus as your Savior. You need to be born again. You need, to, you need to let Jesus change you tonight. Whosoever is in Christ is a new creation. That's what you need to become tonight. And that's what you will become if you'll just follow these simple instructions that the Word of God gives you that I'm sharing with you tonight. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That means you're going to take the burden of sin off your shoulders. The problem is not what's going on outside of your life. It's what's going on in your heart. And if you're here tonight and you're not right with God and you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior, you want to be forgiven of your sin, you want to get right, you want to be free from the oppression that comes from sin, I want to help you tonight and I want to pray for you. And I want to believe God to work a miracle in your life. And that's what He will do. You'll leave here changed. It happened to me 41 years ago. And I'm still preaching about it. It's as real today as it was when it happened. But if you're here and you'd like me to pray for you, you want to receive Christ, nobody's moving around, nobody's looking, I want you just to lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me tonight. I really do want that in my life. Lift your hand up right now. Just lift it up. That's all I'm asking you to do. Nobody's looking tonight. I need Jesus. And I want to receive him. And I really want to be free and forgiven. I want to feel clean on the inside. Right now, I feel dirty and oppressed and fearful and guilty. And I'm tired of living like that. I talk to so many young people, as young as 9, 10, 14, 18, just totally messed up in their minds with depression, thoughts of suicide, demoralized, crushed. And they haven't even begun to live life yet, really, but they've lived so much. 
and experience so much rejection and so much bitterness and betrayals of life. There's a way out from all of that. And that's in the arms of Jesus. Would you come and let me pray for you? Right where you're seated, just lift your hand. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. God bless you. I see that. Thank you. Anyone else? Lift it high so that I can see it. God bless you. I see that. Anyone else? Lift your hand high so that I can see it. In the name of Jesus, I want to repent. And I want to get my heart right with God. Maybe you're backslidden. You know what? You can have a bad stretch of emotional torment. And you're not reading your Bible. You're not praying. You're not feeling like coming to church. It doesn't take sometimes but a week or two or three. And pretty soon, you're on your way to backsliding if you're not backslidden already. That's the ultimate prize the devil is after. To oppress you right out of God's kingdom. And maybe that describes you. No faith. You have no faith anymore. No hunger, joy, appetite for the word of God. Would you lift your hand? You're backslidden. You need to rededicate your life to Christ. Lift your hand right now. And let me pray for you in Jesus' name. All right. If you raise your hand, I want you to look at me. Did you mean that? You ready to repent, receive Jesus? You meant that? I want you guys to come. I want you to come. Come on. Come out of your seat. Someone's going to meet you here and pray with you. Are you going to pray with this guy here? There, okay. All right, you pray a sinner's prayer with them. That's what they raise their hand for. Now, I want you to just stay at your seat for a moment. We're going to come to the altar so that we can pray. But I want you to think about what specific area. There may be no oppression, and praise God for that. But I know I can experience the very thing I'm preaching about. Sickness, emotional, spiritual. I've got to fight battles just like you do. I have to fight back just like everybody else. Pastors are not immune. I can get discouraged, demoralized, become fearful. But I've learned that life is a fight. Jesus came to heal all those who are oppressed. But that's not going uh, to happen if you remain passive. You're going to have to come and lay hold of that. Maybe you've had physical sickness recently. Migraine headaches, diagnosed with cancer, arthritis, the kind of thing that is with you daily, not, a, not an allergy that comes and goes, but you're dealing with ongoing physical issues. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a heavy weight that you're lugging all over the place. Doctors and money and you're losing your inspiration for life. You feel demoralized. Others here, it's emotional, especially not exclusive to, but especially with women. You're, not only are you the weaker vessel, as the Bible says, but you are emotionally wired, and the devil has a great big target. A man's emotions are not as large a target as yours are. Do you spend an inordinate amount of time? Your mind being occupied with thoughts that are definitely not of God.
fearful and torment and worry and anxiety. Everybody goes off to school and work in the morning perhaps and you're at home by yourself and it's, it's a daily, daily grind. And again, it's not just exclusive to women. Men can go through that as well and that may describe you. People that can't seem to get free from addictions. Listen, there is a physical component to addiction. Your physical body craves whatever it is, whether it's nicotine or alcohol or heroin or methamphetamines, whatever the drug is, you're, it, it does, does have a physical component, but that's not the source of the problem. The source of the problem is spiritual and emotional. It's become what you, have, what you depend on and trust in more than even God himself. Heaviness, despair, hopelessness, feeling always unsettled and uncertain, disturbed and troubled and harassed and confused. And, of course, the assaults can be spiritual. Satan can visit you for the purpose of perhaps reoccupying the house that you are that was once his. He's knocking. He's trying the windows. He's checking the doors. He wants to tempt you back underneath the heavy weight of sin that you were once bound by. There are people here in our church, Christians and believers and leaders, and you have testimony, and God's loving you and helping you, and you love God, but you're dealing with horrible assaults of temptation towards sexual immorality. I know I'm speaking to some. We're not going to have anyone like that raise their hand, but that's you. Married, perhaps, reputation of faithfulness, dependable. Listen, anyone can come under assault. Jesus came under assault from the devil when he was tempted in the wilderness. We're not immune from that. And the devil will press day after day. I want us all to stand to our feet. Jesus came to heal all who are oppressed of the devil. And if that describes you or something close to that, don't kneel down. I want you just to come to the altar and remain standing all around the altar. This probably would, would speak to most everyone here. No one is oppression-free. I don't care how spiritual, faithful, diligent. No one is free. No one is outside. Nobody lives life up here and all the other common Poor schlubs who get sick and have problems with depression uh, live down beneath. These are issues that every Christian is going to battle with. I spoke to a leader. This is a prominent leader in our fellowship. He went into Pastor Mitchell's office, not last conference, but a recent conference. Told him he wanted to quit. I was shocked. I want to quit. can't do this anymore. I've lost hope. I'm not the right man for the place. Of course, Pastor Mitchell talked to him, prayed with him, brought him to deliverance. So I'm not talking about something that is for the poor schmuck who's not as spiritual as you are. I know you live above, and some people think they do. And if anyone's sick, well, they don't have faith. And if anyone struggles, well, they don't believe God like I do. Well, you know, you need deliverance from other things besides what I'm preaching on. So hang on. I'll probably preach a sermon about that soon. All right, I want you to bow your heads tonight.
So if we can have each of you let go of these 45-pound weights, imagine what we're going to leave behind tonight. I couldn't carry that 45 I thought the I thought I'd be able to toss that thing around tonight. I just wasn't thinking. I don't lift weights. I mean, I, could, I can't bear that weight. In the short time I was holding it up, my arms were starting to feel it. You're going to leave that behind. Whatever heavy weight you came here with tonight and you woke up out of bed with today, we're going to believe God. We're leaving it here at the altar. There may be distress in your life. Do you not think Jesus had distress and the Apostle Paul had distress of relationships and disappointments and assaults against his life and their lives? People came streaming to Jesus that were tormented. He didn't criticize them. He healed them. So we're going to pray right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I can't possibly lead you in a prayer that's going to deal with everyone's issue. But let's think of it in terms of what I described. Physical, which is sickness. Um, emotional, which is the realm of your mind or your soul or your emotions. You're, you're tormented in your mind and in the realm of your spirit. It's a hellish assault to try to overwhelm you with temptation to lure you back to sin. Trying to appeal to your sinful appetite, something that you were once bound by. So all of those things can be relevant and real. The devil is an oppressor. This is what he does. And the saints of God so often, uh, that's manifesting itself. And the miracle is we can be free. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Lead you in a prayer. And then when I'm done leading you in a prayer, I want you to do what that one scripture says. You, you cry out to God. And I mean it out loud, crying out. It doesn't say they whispered very quietly and reverently. They cried out. They're desperate. When you're desperate, you can get loud. You can exhibit, exhibit that desperation. You can lay hold of God. And we're going to do that tonight. And as an as a, as a exercise of our faith, we're going to back our faith up with the words that we speak right now. So let's all pray together. When I'm done praying, you're going to cry out to God and be specific about the heavy weight that is oppressing you. Pray this prayer, O oh my God in heaven. I thank you for the power that is in the blood of Jesus that sets the captive free, that heals from all oppression, from every heavy weight. I acknowledge, O God, the heavy weight that I have been carrying around that is robbing me of joy and victory and dominion in my life. Right now, Satan occupies an area of my life, is weighing me down and exercising dominion and tormenting me no more, not from this moment forward, because I'm claiming the promises of God and what I read in this scripture, that Jesus came anointed by the Holy Spirit with power to heal all who were oppressed by the devil. I have been oppressed, but I'm bringing my oppression to this altar, and I am leaving it behind 
leaving it so that I can be burden-free, healed, delivered with peace and joy and victory and with all authority over all temptation. Father, I receive that miracle of my healing and deliverance from oppression right now, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Now let's cry out to God right now. Oh, God, I give you praise. I glorify, I worship you, O Lord. Oh, God, set my brother free. Hallelujah. Relieve him from the heavy weight. God, I pray for my brother. I bind every tormenting demon spirit. Hallelujah. That would rob him of joy and victory, O God. I pray the peace of God and the joy of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Lift the heavy burdens, O God, right now and let the peace of God prevail. I pray, God, your grace and favor and blessing right now. You demon spirit that would torment, I loose the Holy Ghost right now to lift the heavy burden, O God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch my sister right now, Lord. I break the power of every curse in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for the power. Hallelujah, Father, that you've given us over all the power of the enemy. I loose the power to lift every heavy burden, all oppression, Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to keep crying out to God right now. Oh, God, we cry out in your name for healing. We cry out in your name for deliverance. We cry out in your name for peace and joy and victory and dominion to prevail, O oh God.
Yendere ala ravila raba koria Thank you Lord Jesus so the weight is off it is it's absolutely off your body, your mind, your spirit. So now you have to fight. Tomorrow, make this a feature of your prayer life. Along with praying for all that we pray for, we have to pray against some things. And you have to maintain your deliverance. So make that a feature of your prayer life. How many feel and know and believe God has touched me tonight in Jesus' name? Lift your hand. You know God has touched you in a very real and powerful way. On Sunday, we're going to take some time in our Sunday evening service to testify about what God did from now, from tonight at this altar till next Sunday night. There'll be testimonies of people who had a tormented mind. Now you've got peace and joy and victory. There'll be testimonies of physical healing. No more pain, no more sickness. Uh, You didn't get those allergies. The migraine headache went away. So uh, we can't hear from everybody, but I know this sermon uh, is going to release some powerful testimonies of what God's going to do. So you come to myself uh, or Pastor Glenn between now and then. You can call us. uh, uh, You can see us uh, at the outreaches over the weekend on Sunday and let us know what God did. The redeemed of the Lord, let them say so. And part of our power in the light that we are in our city is that we carry a testimony of a people that have been delivered from oppression. We live in an oppressed world and let your light shine. We can be free and they can be free too. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads. We're going to dismiss. I know you've been fasting. You take the testimony of what God did in your life tonight. You share that with someone. God healed me. God delivered me. I know I'm different tonight. I'm leaving that nasty weight behind. Never to pick it up again in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask Joe uh, Russell to close, close the service in prayer. Thank, Thank God, God for speaking to our hearts tonight. Let's go rejoicing at liberty tonight in Jesus' name. Yes, amen.